Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. So I'm trying something a little bit new. I sent out a notice to the network probably at the last minute. I didn't realize the time was getting away from me so much. So I invited people onto the show. I see some people are already showing up. You will get to ask questions (laughs) if uh, you want. And I'm not sure exactly how you do it, but I think you can just about push any key and it will light up your headphone I can bring you on and I can cut you off too (laughs) I'm recognizing a few of the phone numbers that are showing up some I think actually called in without even the notice but uh, anyway so I just put up well I've had the page up for some time but I've been editing it as we go along and doing a little bit of research because I had some insight into this measure 114 that just passed in Oregon, supposedly legally passed in Oregon, is probably a violation of the Constitution. I actually heard people say, well, we get the right to change our Constitution. Well, you do in the states, but all the citizens, uh, you're only a resident of the state of Oregon. All the citizens in Oregon are citizens of the United States and therefore subject to the Second Amendment. And so therefore they can't pass laws that infringe upon the rights uh, of other people who are citizens of the United States, which includes just about everybody in Oregon. So, yeah, they can still do a constitutional challenge, and since it's one of the most strict gun laws in the United States, uh, they can do it. But one of the things that I discovered last night was that they had... I I, I saw people at gun stores, I mean, they're lining up, there are thousands of people in the queue to get approved for you have to get this background check approval in order to buy guns already that pre-existed this and the system crashed and so suddenly in the twinkling of an eye nobody could buy a gun in the state of Oregon anymore (laughs) and this came about because of a law that was probably illegally passed certainly passed by a lie and we talked about that a great deal on a uh, well, I've, t- I've mentioned it on uh, the show this morning. I, I have the ar- the audio that I posted up on the page that we call Measured at PreparingYou.com. Uh, if you look under the picture, there should be where you can download the audio or you can play it right there online. Don't play it now, or you won't be able to hear me talk. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, no health and safety crisis is what the basics of that. I put up last week's show that was also on Freedomizer there so that people can follow that up. But that was made before. And uh, uh, then I will, uh, by Tuesday or sometime after that, we will put up the other two-hour show that I did on that topic. Now, the show this morning we did on the Sabbath. And so, therefore, we will probably put that on the Sabbath page. I'm pretty sure there's audios already on that page. I can look at the page. I've got it open here. Other audios, they're probably somewhere way down at the bottom or somewhere. But anyway, we'll have that one. And it goes a little bit about a a real crisis that is coming up, which is a debt crisis and an economic crisis. Some of you are already feeling the pains of that with inflation, the price of gas, the price of food, the price of everything. Uh, 
and uh, the dollars and cents of what you want to buy are going up. And uh, it's not because those things are becoming more valuable, although they may be, you know, if it's food, it's very valuable to you. But it's because of the dollar going down and the dollar is going down because you haven't been keeping the Sabbath. <laughs> now, I put that in a different way than most people will hear it. Yeah, you haven't been keeping the Sabbath. You say, well, wait a minute. We have worship days every Sabbath. And we we are keeping the Sabbath because we worship on the Sabbath. No, you worship six days a week. Uh, you worship the gods of the world because you bow down and serve them continuously. And you have to give a portion of your labor to them just like you did in the bondage of Egypt. So that's the worshiping you do most of the time. You just go to Sabbath meeting to give lip service to God while the rest of the week you disobey God and you are entered into a system of covetous practices. The seven days a week I saw I have a section on the Sabbath page called covetous. Uh, Let's see, I can go up there and look at all of them. It's a, a day of covetousness, but it's actually... We live in a time of covetousness, and every day is covetous day <laughs> in uh, in America today, and, and in Australia, and New Zealand, and China, and everywhere else, because everybody is dependent upon men who exercise authority one over the other to provide you with your daily bread. You don't pray to God in heaven; you pray to the governments and the gods of the world. And those of you who have been listening for a while can track with that. Those of you who haven't been listening for a while probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But hopefully if you keep listening and listen to all the other things, you will. But we will put this morning show up there on that Sabbath page. And this might be on that. It might not be. It depends on what the individuals who call in or direct me as to what they think they want to do. but uh, the reality is, yeah, I can take calls. I look there. Nobody wants to call, uh, talk, but that's fine. Uh, I, it's completely voluntary. I saw on the network that uh, they're talking about having a woman's call in the New York group. And uh, I think it was the New York group. And, of course, everybody who actually starts forming uh, the network of tens, hundreds, and thousands, the congregations... You won't see their conversations on the Google network groups. Those are all going to private groups. And a lot of times they're phone calls and sometimes they're face-to-face meetings. Well, you don't get to hear about that uh, unless you're in a congregational group. And you don't get to hear the business of individual congregational groups unless you're in that individual congregational group. And when you become a member of that congregational group, you're just in a free assembly. You can leave anytime you want. You can give what you want. I just uh, the I heard that the Oregon Association of Oregon Counties, which is composed of you know whatever the uh, supervisors or commissioners from every county in Oregon, they have a group called AOC, and they gather and they are voting to increase their dues from each of those counties. And uh, I, when I first heard that, I thought. I don't remember paying dues anywhere since Boy Scouts, and I think it was like a nickel. <laughs> that was my dues, which I tell you how old I am. You could probably get get three donuts out of the grease for a nickel in those days. But uh, the 
you don't have any dues in the kingdom of God. You you have no oblig, obligatory dues to pay in the kingdom of God. Almost. There actually is an obligatory dues that are supposed to be paid in your name if you want to be in the network that forms the government of the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is a, a free government. Uh, there are no forced taxation. We don't have an IRS. I got to think of a good, what could we call the IRS in the church? And what, how can we transfer that uh, anagram, IRS, over into meaning something else, like we did with FEMA? We have a FEMA in the church, which is the Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliary. <laughs> That's what our, our FEMA stands for. So we could get little t-shirts and write on them, FEMA, and then right on there, we should put it somewhere on the t-shirt that says, Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliary. <laughs> and so that nobody thinks that we're talking about some other FEMA that is less important than our FEMA. But uh, you could do the same thing with the IRS. <laughs> but I, I, at the moment, I can't think and talk at the same time, so I won't think of an anagram. So you can all think of an anagram. I actually... Opened up the chat room. I don't know how it works, but this is an experimental show. So you can actually type in messages in the chat room, I think, and I might be able to see them. Uh, but I've disabled my phone, so don't try to email me. But, uh, so we're recording the show so that if you come on the show, we'll see how that works and we'll, we'll give it a test. We do the morning show and, uh, uh, we can do other shows on Skype now. And, uh, they record us. I record here and, uh, and I'm recording this. I know Freedomizer is also recording. And I don't get into Freedomizer the way I used to do it. I actually do it online also. It's not through Skype. It's through another system. But it will give us a little bit better quality of sound when they release those shows on Freedomizer. But we can release the Freedomizer shows Right away, we can put those shows up on given pages that we have already created at Preparing You. And you can send them around and they'll be good quality. So you can get them from us. You can get them from Freedomizer. Now, the morning show, there's a nine-day delay before we release those. And that's a deal we have with that station. But like the program that I just put up on Measured, the first one that you'll see under the picture, that I just did. On the 18th, yesterday. And then I edited it this morning about 4 o'clock. And then I uploaded it. So you can see that right away. And that's... Uh, except for the fact that I talked about how they shut down... Or they supposedly crashed the system. And just to give you an idea why I'm mentioning that... Because I'm thinking about a 100 things when I mention these things. There's there's all kinds of method in, in what I say. There's all kinds of messages at different levels in what I say. We have the Google Groups where we can converse with people in Australia. We can send messages. You know, when I send out that message about the audios and about this program, it went out all over the world. It went to people in Africa. It went to people in South America. And it went out in seconds. But it also went out on the Internet, which could be shut down in seconds. So you want to create a network that is not dependent upon the Internet. You can certainly use the Internet, 
as long as it's working. You can use the telephone as long as they're working. You can use a lot of things as long as they're working, but when they're not working anymore, what do you have as an alternative? Uh, because you don't really have an alternative. And they can, they can isolate you and make you helpless in a matter of seconds. And one of the things that I pointed out in the show that I did on Measure, Measure 114, was that we have done another show, quite a few shows, and a very extensive article that took place over several months on Article 2, Section 22 in the Oregon Constitution. Well, actually, it altered the... That was an article in uh, the Oregon Constitution, but then they created a measure whereby they changed those articles and where Oregonians once had a way of removing corruption in Oregon, they they actually passed a measure, probably uh, did not have a completely fair vote, but uh, the fact is that people, I, I looked at the pros and cons of that, nobody was addressing the exact issue. And I've, I've recorded all this. 80%, including the governor of Oregon, were felons and in violation of the law and according to the Constitution should have been removed just by notifying uh, the Secretary of State or notifying the uh, Oregon Highway Patrol. Uh, they should have gone in there and arrested her. Any sheriff in the state of Oregon, especially in the places where the governor goes, could have walked in and had her removed from the the Oregon, uh, you know, the capital. She is to be removed according to the Constitution of Oregon because she was clearly in violation of the terms of Article Two, Section Twenty Two, and she published that she was in violation. Of that, they did it out in the open. They violated it. They published it. Any sheriff could have intervened. Any state trooper could have intervened. He probably would have lost his job, but he could have done it legally. And then once you you put it into the courts, then you just appeal up to the Supreme Court, and you would have won hands down. The governor would have been removed. But unfortunately, once you did that. 70 to 80 percent of all congressmen and senators in the state of Oregon would have also been removed or could have been removed under the same law because they were all in violation of that law. Uh, 70 to 80 percent of them. Nobody did anything. People who said they're active, that they believe in, you know, free government and they were seeing all kinds of bad things going on in the government, they wouldn't act upon it because there was too much power in the hands of the people and they were afraid of it. Because they didn't have moral character. The Republican congressmen, the Republican senators who were in, you know, were facing a supermajority against the Democrats could have easily activated this and, and done it where you could not have denied it and it would have made it public knowledge all over the United States, all around the world. They could have stood up and said, too many of us are in violation of Article 2, Section 22. And we know all our Republican uh, and Democrat uh, congressmen, senators, even mayors were in violation. Secretary of State was in violation. All of them were in violation. I don't know. I have a list somewhere that I used to link to to show you all of those who were in violation. It's still a matter of public record. But instead of doing anything about it, 
the people just sat on their hands and rang their hands and I have to say, oh sluggard, that you deserve a corrupt government. You wouldn't do anything about it. And one of the reasons they wouldn't do anything about it is because they have not been organ Christians, have not been real Christians for the vast majority. Let's say 80%. Let's be generous. 70% of organ Christians have not been real Christians for decades. And so therefore they were a scattered flock and unable to attend to what Jesus calls the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And instead, they let criminals sit in their ivory towers and dictate and rob and steal and persecute people. And then came along COVID, and those same people were in power, and they could do anything they wanted, and you couldn't do anything about it because you didn't stand up for what was right when they were trying to remove Article 2, Section 22. And so you deserve tyranny. So that's to all the people who did not act, should have acted, it was laid out in front of them, were afraid to act, didn't know how to act, and all those people who aren't in the network didn't get this information ahead of time and so therefore suffered for it. Now, to be honest, the same thing went on when COVID was coming. We were discovering right away before anybody else. I had COVID way back in, I think it was 2019 in December, sometime like my son went to state capital and got it from a bunch of Chinese that were there, brought it home. I got it, but we got over it because we listened to the Holy Spirit and we followed the directions that the Holy Spirit was giving us. And then we did the research so that we could show you what you needed to do. And if you were all doing what Christ told you to do, you would have been able to do it and they would not have got away with it. Now, I happen to live in the least vaccinated county in the state of Oregon. We're not having the problems that a lot of other people are having, the death rates that are climbing, etc., etc. Uh we also, I won't go into all the great stories I could tell you about whole groups of people who were actually working in government, working as employees in companies, were not vaccinated because of the work that we did in advance, knowing what was going on, knowing what was coming, and sharing it through the network and through what we call the extended network. That's the people who don't actually join the network, but they're still connected and supportive of what we're doing. They all knew. They all knew ahead of time. And though they were threatened to lose their job, they didn't lose their job. They actually were put in charge. One of them was actually put in charge of approving all the requests for exemptions that were brought to them in their supervisory job for a multi-million dollar business. And they just approved everybody. <laughs> so they were all exempt. And those are those are great stories. I'm not going to mention names on here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble because they actually knew that secretly we have been organizing <laughs> according to the perfect law of liberty, according to the directives of Christ, according to the other parts of that First Amendment. I mean, we have uh, the First Amendment freedom of religion, right? Uh, and which is actually the freedom of speech. And what we actually need to know about is the freedom of conversation. And that uh, that is a topic that we're going to come 
go back to and start uh, finishing out our freedom of speech series that we already started. But the whole freedom of speech series is in the midst of our law series that started out with our study of Torah. We're gonna we're putting them all together, and of course you'll you can go to preparing you, and you can uh, download them all under you know 2022 uh, audios that are almost all available. They're not all there, but they will be as they get time to put them there. Uh, we're also starting another project where we're turning a lot of our pages, a lot of our you know basic fundamental uh, explanations of the gospel, of the prophets, of what's coming, what has gone before, what you should do about it. We're turning them into going to be turning them into PDFs and uploading them to another website so that we have a certain amount of redundancy so that people can. As they can actually easily download it themselves. And we're not talking, you know, like I said, originally the book Covenants of the Gods was over 700 pages. I reduced it down to 144 pages. I did this with several of the other books that we have produced. I'm also writing several other books that I've been working on and filling out. But most all of what I put in the books or didn't put into the books or censored out are somewhere on preparing you. <laughs> so if you started downloading all those PDF pages, you can actually download a lot of those pages now. We'd like to get people working together because just in writing this me- uh, measured page, doing the research, and then I plug the research into the page under the different topics, you know, because, you know, basically uncovered that there is no health and safety crisis according to the data from the CDC in Oregon, that would require or suggest that there would be any advantage whatsoever to outlawing uh, large-capacity magazines, which is not just what they did, to make it more difficult to individuals to get guns. Uh, Because felons can't get guns anyway. That's already illegal for them to get guns. So the only people that you're going to bar from getting guns is the law-abiding citizen. And since most of the deaths from guns, the far majority of the deaths from guns are suicide, none of those suicides were able to be committed with a gun because of a large-capacity magazine. Because you you simply doesn't take 15 shots to commit suicide unless you're a really, really bad shot. And then we showed that if you go to the Netherlands, which has a very high rate of suicide, not the highest in Europe, but a very high rate of suicide. I picked Netherlands partly because I know a lot of people there and because they're considered to be the fifth happiest nation in the world. (laughs) But they have a high rate of suicide. And I also point out Wyoming has a much higher rate of suicide than us. Why are all these people committing suicide? And then you go to the Netherlands, I gave you some of the statistics they don't have any guns in the Netherlands, but they still have a high rate of suicide. So if you think you're going to get rid of guns and get rid of suicide is ridiculous. It's absurd. It's like wearing a face mask to stop COVID. <laughs> it doesn't work. They're actually going to try to show you that they saved lives with face masks. No, they didn't. They There were high qualified, highly cited virologists who said that if this 
airborne virus is actually the problem, and that we can go into all that we have, and then we got pages. Go look at our numerous scientist pages. But if their scenario was even halfway true, that the prolonging, the delaying of the virus going through the population would actually cause more deaths. That's what they said. It would also cause more mutations because it's prolonged. It's going over a longer period of time. But the disaster of the shutdowns is far, far more significant, not to argue about masks, but far more significant to argue about shutdowns, disruption of the economy, the mass formation of psychosis, and all these other things that have done terrible, terrible damage to society, uh, polarized society. And then then you can get into the topic of vaccinations, which aren't really, you know, the jab. And are they really doing good? Did they slow the spread? Did they increase the spread? Because there's actual evidence that wearing masks increase not only the spread, but the severity of cases because you became a self-inoculator when you wore the mask. And uh, amongst children, it had all kinds of bad effects. But they will be censoring that just like usual. If you really want to know the truth, you can... You can join the network and get off of their censoring platforms. I mean, you don't have to get off them. You know, you can still, you know, have your Facebooks, your Getter. Uh, we are we're on Telegram. You can have all these other media. And th- that's the redundancy, and you're perfectly okay in doing that. Uh, we release all the radio broadcasts uh, as podcasts that go out as uh, as Keys of the Kingdom. And you can get them on Spotify and and all these other, and everybody can use their own uh, sources and just look for Keys to the Kingdom with Brother Gregory and you can listen to all those audios when you're driving down the road. And there's endless topics that we talk about. But in every show, we you, you can see I, I overlap and talk about items that are in other shows as well. What I thought about talking about today is depression and PTSD. I've actually expanded our pages on depression and PTSD and the solution, which one of the reasons I mention that is because of the fact we talk so much about suicide as the cause of all these deaths, that a lot of people use guns, take the guns away, they'll just find another way to do it. You know, a lot of people don't know this. I know this because I know people on the inside in government who told me directly that they had to put watchers on the bridges, especially the major bridges that a lot of people wanted to jump off of during COVID. They had to put police, you know, actually state troopers, highway department people were watching bridges all over the state of Oregon for jumpers. And they stopped jumpers. Uh, They prevented suicides left and right. And they did this for a short period of time during some of the height of the jumping that was going on because of the shutdowns. But they kept it out of the press. They didn't want you to know. Even the people that jumped. I mean, lots of people jumped. Lots and lots of people. They suppressed that information. Now, some of that suppression is they, they people didn't want you to know how bad of an effect that the, the uh, shutdowns were having on the mental situation with a lot of people who ended up wanting to commit suicide. They didn't have their work. They lost their work. They lost their job. They lost their meaning for life. And they fell into depression. 
They weren't allowed to go out. They weren't getting the sunlight. Vitamin D shortages can contribute to depression and, you know, cabin fever and all that stuff. A lot of times that has to do with vitamin D deficiencies. All that was because of the shutdowns. And your advisors coming out of the government are terrible, terrible, giving you horrible, horrible advice. They're actually, you're seeing national suicide taking place. We talked this morning about inflation and and what they're doing in the debt and how that's not keeping the Sabbath. <clears throat> we talked about all that stuff. And to show you how your mountains of Samaria, those who have been listening for a while should know what I mean, your mountains of Samaria, your sources of truth, the network you have as a source of truth are a bunch of liars. They're some of their lying is due to ignorance. Some of it is misinformation. They just do it. They just report what they're told and they repeat the same talking points over and over again. Well, often I repeat the same talking points over and over again. But the only way you're going to really learn about the kingdom is having the conversation. But that conversation is not just in words. It's in deeds. Because that's really what the conversation means. And we'll go into that when we talk about Hebrew and the Greek and the different words that are translated into conversation. When we go into the free speech, I want to go back and look at the studio. I have to look at my studio to see if uh, anybody wants to raise their hand and ask a question. So I'm looking at it again. I see all the, a lot of phone callers in here. Let's see. How do I pan down? to see if anybody's raising their hand to ask a question. Okay, I think I can see them all. But uh, the way you raise your hand, I think, is you push like any key. It might be the the one on your phone. I don't know. Uh, but it should light up if you want to answer, and then I have to figure out how to answer you and turn on your mic. And uh, uh, I think I would already hear. I'm kind of curious if I would actually hear a ding go off if that happens but anyway so but uh anyway so we can experiment with that if anybody wants to call and ask a question just say hi whatever we'll see if we can actually make that work because i'm logged in in a different way in a different fashion uh i don't see anybody in the chat room but then maybe i'm not going to see that <laughs> so anyway but there are a lot of callers so I guess more people are coming on. But what we'd like to do is be able to use Freedomizer for guests uh, as well as we can now to use Skype for guests and so that I can actually challenge some of the people because, you know, I was really picking on poor uh, Mark Knudsen who sponsored that measured bill and I want to give him a chance to come on and make his case. He's uh, more than welcome. You know, uh, we're supposed to love everybody. And uh, one of the best things you can do to somebody you love is tell them the truth. <laughs> you know, that uh, that you need to know the truth. So anyway, so we've started this program. I got to look at my time. I've got a clock in here now, so we're about halfway through the show. And uh, I can, you know, if somebody wanted to go to the chat room and type something in the chat room, I might see it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it will show up. I see where I can type uh, in the t chat room. I'll type hi and put it in the chat room. I'm not going to do this much. 
But let's see. If I enter, did it go anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. It seems to have disappeared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see where it will sh show up now. So if anybody else has a question they want to type into the chat room, they can do that. Uh, there should be, if, you know, I know some of you aren't logged in at Freedomizer. And so, therefore, you may not have access to the chat room. A lot of these people I'm seeing are probably people who called in. But if there is anybody who's logged in to Freedomizer, you can type a question in to the chat room, and I will probably see it. But, anyway, uh, so this is all an experiment. So what are some of the other things? Like, uh, if, uh, if if somebody had a topic that they wanted to talk about... Again, like I said, kind of a side shoot. The Sabbath has nothing to do with keeping days, counting days, the going to church on Saturday or going to church on Sunday. That is all a distraction. You can do it. It's fine. We have some people who keep Sabbath, some people who don't. Uh, and when I say keep Sabbath, I don't even want to use that phrase anymore. Some people who get together on the Sabbath and some people who get together on Sunday. The early church got together on Sunday. Long before Pope Gregory. <laughs> there was a Pope Gregory who kind of transitioned uh, a lot of the people. But the early church, very early church, all those Jews you saw like Paul and James and stuff, they got, Justin the Martyr, gathered on Sunday. They said, wait, 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 weren't they Sabbath keepers? Yes, absolutely. They were Sabbath keepers. Early Christians were Sabbath keepers. But they really kept the Sabbath. They did not borrow money from men who could exercise authority and they did not become merchandise of those different governments, human resources of those different governments. They remained free and did not become captive because Paul knew it. David knew it. What they offer for your welfare is actually a snare. What they serve on their tables, the dainties they serve, the rulers serve on their tables is a snare. That was preached in the Old Testament. That was preached in the New Testament. But it's probably not preached in Mark Knudsen's church. And I just remember his name, so I'm using his name. But you, I can tell you there's a lot of other churches that I don't preach that in. But that's why I wrote the book Covenants of the Gods, which you can download for free on the Internet. All the articles, all the chapters have been turned into articles, and we expound upon that. You go read those articles at hisholychurch.org. And it will take you to links and explain all the other things like Corbin and all these other things that most people don't understand. Which is why you're in bondage. Why you're about to lose the ownership of the entire planet. Why the New World Order is going to become absolutely pervasive and try to exterminate, which they're already in the process of doing, everybody in the world who does not bow down to Moloch and sacrifice their children <laughs> to Moloch. <laughs> and you, you hear me chuckle, and you say, wow, that's so macabre. Shouldn't he be afraid? Well, not if you love God. Now, somebody is raising their hand. I think it, that their uh, number ends in 1111. So I, maybe they're from somebody else. I think I push their microphone. I'll try that. We'll see if it works. Okay. Do you hear me? Uh, somebody's got their hand yeah, raised. Hello? hello? Uh, can you yeah, hear me? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, is this Tiffany? 
I can hear you. I can hear you. Oh, shoot. I'm, I'm hearing oh, you. How are you? Okay. So, did you have oh, a question? Wonderful. I had a question. Okay, great. Sure I do. I'm always full of questions. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I'm full of stuff, too, some yeah, people think. I'll tell you, the question I had, just I have a lot of questions, but I really want to ask you about this uh, militia. This uh, I've been talking to a lot of people that are joining you know, their local militia, and they want to do something about what's happening in the world, but they don't quite understand the whole God's government thing. <laughs> quite. I wanted to see if you could. I I will do that. Talk about that a little bit. I I, I will what do would that. Be the best way because pretty much um, they would have to first learn how to organize themselves as uh, righteous, godly families first, right before. Well, they, I, you, you know, know the, because I was thinking that don't they have to be free men and women to yeah. go into a militia? Well, no, no. Uh, and, and I talked a little bit about this on the morning show, but I will talk about it now. I'm going to mute your mic for a second because there's a little background noise, but I'm going to address that. Uh, if it, I don't know if it will disconnect you or not. You. If it does, uh, you can call back in or however you're getting contact. But I'm trying to figure out the button, so I'm going to give this a shot. But I will talk directly about the militia because you were the first one who was courageous enough to call in. <laughs> We'll address your question. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'd love to hear your voice again. So, anyway, let's see. Did, did that mute it? That didn't seem to mute it. Okay. I don't know how to mute it, so I'm, I'm learning the buttons here. Let's see. Is this going to mute it? Okay. I see how to do it now. Okay, so I'm learning. But now let's talk. I think you can still hear me. But uh, the militia... Every able-bodied man in the United States who is 17 years of age to 45 is already a member of the militia by United States codes. And it's only in the United States codes because it's been in there for uh, probably centuries. You go back, I mean, one of the first codes that was passed in the Congress of the United States once they had written the Constitution and put it into action was they codified the Declaration of Independence. A lot of people say, well, the Declaration of Independence is not a part of our government. Actually, it's in there. You just have to look it up. <laughs> it's in a part of the code. So it's always been a part of the code that everybody between the ages of 17, every man, able-bodied man between 17 and 45 is already a member of the militia. What we don't have is a well-organized militia. <laughs> and so, now, as to your question about don't they have to be a godly family to be a part of the militia? No, obviously not. They have to be 17 to 40, 45. And, of course, the militia... There were a lot of people in the American militia that were beyond 45. I'm just saying by U.S. code, you're automatically a member of of the militia. You know, that 17-year-old boy in the Michigan who got into all that trouble because he showed up with an AR-15 or whatever gun he had, he was a member of the militia. He was 17. <laughs> he was by federal statutes. They didn't want to go there, though. But that's... But now here's the thing. Being a well-organized militia, being composed of Christian families, that's going to be an ongoing process. 
I know very few Christian families. I would like to consider my family a Christian family. We always have room for improvement. And so if if somebody sees there's something going wrong and they want to do something about it, that's a good start. But now what are they going to do about it? Are they like the militia at the time of the American Revolution? Well, here's a question to ask them. Did you build the school that your children go to? Because in the early militia, that's what they did. They actually volunteered and built schools all over America. Public schools. They built it with the money in their own pockets, with the tools they brought to the site, with the the lumber and the and the logs that they cut down themselves and they built the schools. And they did that for hundreds of years. The militia was still doing that. They also built roads. They also put out forest fires. They also helped out the poor and the needy when there was famine. Uh, when there was, uh, you know, animals and insects that were destroying crops. They showed up for their neighbor. And they were organized in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. We know that from historical documents of the time. When Patrick Henry... Uh, Patrick Henry... Uh, uh, I was trying to think of who, who it was. <laughs> uh, Paul Revere uh, went riding through town. Uh, he actually got lost, and he didn't actually notify the people he was supposed to notify. But uh, there was other guys out riding. He wasn't the only one. They were notifying people through the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They would go to one town, and they would contact their contact, or maybe a couple of contacts, and they would notify them you know, maybe five or ten different guys, because they're not going to go out and tell hundreds and thousands of people. They go out and they tell ten guys that we're going to meet at Lexington and Concord. And those ten guys tell ten more guys. And those there were a lot of guys out on the road that night <laughs> going around telling a lot of guys where to go and that they were coming, you know, you the different lights in the tower and all that stuff. I don't know if that's actually true, but it was in the poem. But the fact is they were notifying everybody to get ready. They were doing that during Indian attacks. They were doing that when there were fires. They were doing that when there was criminals in the community. Somebody had come through and rob some lone uh, settler out there in the woods. Uh, maybe it wasn't a whole you know, band of Indians. Maybe it was just a couple of renegades and stuff. They would rob some household. And they would send out a group of guys to find those guys and stop them. Uh, we have militia over here in Eagle Point, Oregon. Uh, and they're, they weren't half bad. They didn't understand yet that they were supposed to be taking care of all the schools, all the roads. They're supposed to be doing all this. You see, a lot of the guys in your militia, they're sending their kids to public school. Uh, they're going to depend upon Social Security. Uh, they don't have any standing to rebel against the government because they've already rebelled against God because they're in a system that covets their neighbor's goods. They're back in the bondage of Egypt. I'm going to take a little side trail and we'll get back to the militia because I was just talking to somebody from another foreign country and... Uh, you know, I have a son who works and pays about 36% income tax. He's pretty high income tax bracket. And he pays about 36% income tax. He pays property tax. He pays, you know, gasoline taxes and all those other kind of taxes. 
In the bondage of Egypt, you only owed 20% tax on your labor. You only owe 20% of your labor. Today, you can own 30, owe 36, uh, 40, 45. But this other person was from Sweden. And they said, when I made minimum wage in Sweden, minimum wage in Sweden, I had to pay 33% of my labor into the government. Because everybody over in Sweden, they're in the bondage of Egypt too. Uh, just like you are in the United States. You're all in the bondage of Egypt. You've all returned to the... You're back under the yoke of bondage. You're entangled again, as the Bible says, in the yoke of bondage. Which is why I wrote the book, Covenants of the Gods. To show you how you got back into the yoke of bondage. You're not free, man. You don't have the rights you think you do. Now, if you want to keep thinking that, you can go ahead and think that. If you want to have a violent revolution against the government, you can go ahead and try that. They've tried that in a lot of places. You're going to fail. You're not going to win. If you don't get God on your side, if you don't do this from the point of view of righteousness, have a good day because uh, I'm not going to be a part of you. And I know a lot more going on behind the scenes than most people. I tell you, no, you have to get right with the Lord. Tiffany's absolutely right. You have to get there. But I don't know if you have to do it first because I think it's an ongoing process. Now, let's go back to Sweden for a second. We're jumping around a little bit here. We're rabbit trailing around. In Sweden, you had to pay 33% of what you earned. There's no minimum wage in Sweden. But if you were in a minimum, what we would call a minimum wage job, you know, you worked at McDonald's in Sweden, 33% of your wages goes straight to the government. And you think, wow, that's a lot. You know, most of the people get minimum wage in America. They don't pay that kind of rate. They do in Sweden. Also, when you go to the store, you're going to have to pay sales tax. But not just, you know, 7% or 9% like they do. I, I think it's 9% in California. Uh, you're going to have to pay upward to 25% on everything you buy, at least 25% on everything you buy, including food. They charge 25% on food. This is in your socialist utopia. It's not really a socialist. It's private ownership, but it's private ownership with legal title, but we're not going to go down that rapid trail right now. But it's the same kind of title that you have in America because everything you have is collateral for that debt we talked about this morning. So they're paying 33% for a minimum wage job. And then when they go out to buy a hamburger at McDonald's, they're going to tack on another 25% sales tax on the food. Even if you were just buying beans and rice in the store, you're going to be paying 25% on your purchase uh, sales tax. But they're not done <laughs> because they also have a luxury tax. You know, I don't know what it is in Sweden, but I know that it's in Netherlands. We talked about the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, at one time, I know, you know, nobody hardly owns a car in Netherlands. There are cars in Netherlands, but it's uh, it's the upper class own a car. Everybody else is on bicycles. In that socialist utopia, the fifth happiest nation in the world with one of the highest suicide rates in, <laughs> in Europe. Um uh, 
uh, and the suicide rates, like uh, like I said, most of them are hanging. I can remember some of the numbers. It's like over 630 men in one year will hang themselves. Just hanging. Yeah, there's in Oregon. See, these countries like uh, Sweden, it's 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 about the size of California. Netherlands, it's way smaller than that, and uh, they've got 630 men who hang themselves every year in Netherlands because they're so depressed. And they don't have to deal with the lack of vitamin D that they do up in Sweden. Up in Sweden, for sometimes in parts of Sweden, you don't have any sun all day long in the wintertime. And even in some of the mid-climates there, you might not have sun for more than three hours a day. But they're used to it. They're they're tough people. But they have a suicide rate as well. Uh, Switzerland has a very high suicide rate. Austria has a very high suicide rate. It's supposed to be utopias. Democratic socialists, those Swiss, Swiss are, but yet they're killing themselves. Why is that? But anyway, uh, the value-added tax, or the what they call a luxury tax, in Netherlands, if you buy that car, 150%. So if you buy a $10,000 car, I don't know what that would be. You'd probably, probably have to go up to 30000 to buy a car. you got to have to pay... Hundred and fifty percent to the government. So that means a ten thousand dollar car is going to cost you twenty five thousand dollars because the government's going to want an additional fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> so, so welcome to democratic socialism. So yeah, that's uh, uh, the militia. You have to create, if you want a militia that's going to actually stand up to the enemy and, and you want the real powers, because you have no idea what you're up against. They're, they're not going to depend upon the U.S. military to keep everybody in line. That's already a foregone conclusion. I'm not going to give you all the details to it, but it's just like with King George. He couldn't send British troops over here to keep Americans in line because they would have had to shoot Americans. And most Americans were descendants of Great Britain. They had over 50,000 Americans who joined the military in America to fight the rebels. 50,000 Americans were not on George Washington's side. They were on the other side. Yet we still won. They had Hessian troops that came over. We still won. Most people don't know it, but most of the battles, most of the most successful battles in the American Revolution, we didn't kill anybody. (laughs) Amazing. We didn't kill anybody. You know, uh, Fort Ticonderoga. The only guy who died there died because he stuck his head around a corner and he... Because he wanted to see this cannon blow up. They were going to blow up. They had a really big cannon to shoot out over the Great Lakes. And they couldn't move it. It was so heavy and so big. So they filled it full of gunpowder and stuffed it full of mud. And they were just going to blow it up so nobody else could use it either. And uh, the guy stuck his head around the corner and he got his head blown off. Uh, I don't know how close he was, but that was the fatality. Um, A lot of the battles... Almost no fatalities whatsoever. Most of the people died of exposure and everything else, which is actually the way most of the people died 
uh, artillery was a big factor in the Civil War. Uh, that killed most of the people. Uh, but it was, it was a whole new kind of war where you had thousands of men. I mean, you literally could lose 10,000 men in a single battle. They never had that before. But, uh, yeah, besides studying law, I also study battle tactics and all that stuff. But we're going to win this battle eventually. Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to die. Uh, because I don't believe the powers that want to own this planet from one end to the other are going to win. I don't believe the Great Reset is going to work. But I know that millions upon millions of people are going to die. And they're already dying. And they're keeping it from you. Uh, if you think you're just going to go and fight them and have another American Revolution, you're ill-equipped to do that because you don't have the same character of those militia in the American Revolution who had been building schools and hospitals and roads and taking care of one another. You don't have an economy with gold and silver in your pocket. You don't have... They were outnumbered. The American revolutionaries were outnumbered. Uh, fortunately, a lot of the ones who wanted to keep the status quo actually got on ships and left America. A lot of those Hessians... Actually, when they finished their commission, they stayed in America because <laughs> they said, these guys got something. These guys have discovered something. These guys are amazing. And they stayed in America. The Americans today, they got laurels, but they don't have the character that you need to win against a superior military force. You just do not have the character. You will not win. So if you think you're going to win by forming a militia with guns, you're not. Now, I'm absolutely in favor of everybody owning a gun. Uh, I, I, I'm shocked that we have actually less people in America owning guns today than we did 10, 15 years ago. That was one of the first articles I wrote that have ended up becoming a series and used by police uh, academies uh, on the right of self-defense is I was shocked to find out that only like 52% of the people in a particular state owned a gun. I thought like, what, what are those other 48 people, 48% of the people doing? They expect us to risk our lives for them? No, no, you own a gun to protect your community. But back to the militia, you don't have a community. Back to what Tiffany was talking about. Don't you have to be a Christian family? You don't take care of the needy of your society. You don't have the social bonds that unite a brotherhood. Go watch the movie Band of Brothers. You, you want to be militant. Go watch them. Those guys were a band of brothers because they cared about one another. They took care of one another. And they backed up one another. They would escape from the hospital to get back on the front lines with their brothers. Because they had created those social bonds over a period of time. You don't have those. And if you wait until you're under fire to get them, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. If you're smart, you'll start creating those social bonds now. And that's what we're trying to do is create those social bonds. Without those social bonds, your guns aren't going to make it. And, you know... Even if you were to fight off somebody, I mean, you will be fighting foreign troops in this country eventually. You won't, you won't stop them. You, you will, it will take a miracle 
But right now, it will take a miracle for the people to sit down in the tens, hundreds of thousands and actually start taking care of one another as if you were a real Christian. And stop going going to the government. You think you're going to go to the government for a hundred years to take care of all your elderly, take care of all of your sick, all of your widows and orphans. You're going to do all that. And then at the last minute, you're going to get together and you're going to be this unbeatable foe. Not going to happen. You need to, you couldn't even keep the, the masks and the jabs at bay. And, uh, we did a lot in this county. Uh, like I said, we're the least vaccinated, probably the least masked, but we had the traitors in our midst too. Because everybody has been sucked into this. No, you have a lot to learn about being a well-regulated militia of moral character. And so, yeah, they're going to need to do that. Now, I see... 90 seconds. Oh, I'm at 90 seconds. I, my time flies when I'm having fun. So, I see I, I see uh, Tiffany's hand is still up. I was going to connect her in, but we don't have enough time for another question. But I really thank Tiffany for raising her hand to see how that worked. I don't see anybody in the chat room say anything, but maybe we're just, everybody was enthralled with our conversation. But uh, anyway, so we'll have to leave this and we'll try it again next week. And uh, 60 seconds. I assume everybody that's, uh, you know, uh, listening to the show is already on the network. Go to preparingyou.com uh, or hisholychurch.com. Uh, org and join the network. Until then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.